Welcome to Linda's Corner. My name is Linda Bjork, and today we're going to be talking about new tools to change bad habits and adopt positive ones. I'm delighted to welcome special guest, Dr. Lloyd Glauberman. Dr. Glauberman is a clinical psychologist, author, inventor, the president of Psychotechnology, the developer of hypno-peripheral processing, and the creator of the Lifestyle Intelligence Program. He has been featured in the New York Times, Forbes Magazine, and the Huffington Post. You can reach Dr. Glauberman at his website, and I'll include a link in the show notes. Welcome. I'm so glad that you could join with me today. My pleasure. I'm looking forward to talking. I am too. (laughs) And you have such interesting takes on things that we haven't really thought of before. We're, We're talking about multiple aspects, but if it's okay, let's start with this changing of our our habits, changing from uh, bad habits and trying to create good ones. And I know many of us have read the book about atomic habits. We're trying to to, to make this happen because how many people have made a, you know, New Year's resolution or something? I would really like to fill in the blank and it lasts like two days and then you you don't do that. So can you explain this this new process that you kind of capture this magical place between the sleep and awake? Oh, that's okay. There is a, uh, a state of consciousness that's known as the hypnagogic state, more colloquially known as the twilight state. It's the state in between waking and sleep. During that state, theta waves are produced. Beta is what we normally experience. Alpha is the relaxed state. Theta is where all the action is. It's in between waking and sleep. Okay. And uh, we experience it every night, but very quickly. We're right at that moment in time where we're drifting off. We're in that state. But most of the time, it's just for a very brief period of time. The question becomes, how can you use that state? Because as it turns out, that twilight state is the most receptive, powerful state of consciousness that we are ever in. But how do you get people there for a long enough period of time so that they can benefit from it? So what I discovered after having taken an hypnosis workshop where I was introduced to a concept that for the most part is at the periphery of hypnosis because you need two hypnotists to do it. It's called the double induction where two hypnotists speak simultaneously to one subject. And what that does is very pleasantly overload your conscious mind because there's too much information to process, right? So people tend to then go into a altered state, a trance state, that very receptive state. And I said to myself, wow, that's really interesting. Maybe there's a way of doing that without needing an extra person. Maybe one person could do it. So I bought a four-track recording machine back in the 19, late 1980s, early 1990s, and every Sunday I would go there by myself and start recording tracks, figuring out ways to play two tracks simultaneously. Slowly, over time, I became comfortable in a recording studio, and I began to produce and sell a whole bunch of audio programs called the HPP series, Hypnoperipheral Processing, which has three adult fairy tales in every sequence, in in every 30-minute piece. You start off with a Joseph Campbell kind of 
myth of the hero journey, where the person with a problem goes out in the world, encounters a magical character, and then there's a pause and two different stories start up simultaneously. That's where the dual part occurs. But everything is very slow. Eventually, you get fatigued, your mind drips off, and then using the words and phrases from the stories, I form positive suggestions for changing thinking, feeling, sensing, and behavioral patterns. That was the HPP series. That was the first time I did something that was reflective of, of me, right? And they do really well in terms of getting people into this altered state and introducing information. So that piece is how do you use that state of consciousness? How do people get in that? Think about consciousness as a spectrum. Everything from right now, people are listening, they're very aware, they're alert, they're paying close attention. That's the hyperactivity of our conscious minds. But then, then there's the drifting off into your head when you're running fantasies and thinking about things and making movies in your head, right? That's a different state of consciousness, right? Then there's the, the relaxed state that we're in when we, we're doing yoga or meditating. And then there's these other states of consciousness. There's a spectrum from hyper alert to drifting off and not paying any attention. So the concept of peripheral processing, to me, makes exquisite sense for helping people to make changes in their life. That is the back end of this program that I have having to do with helping people make specific changes in the way they go about day-to-day -day living, focused on the ecosystem of eating, sleeping, and moving. I say that very slowly because I want to mark that out as an ecosystem, not three different pieces to be looked at individually. That's what people get lost. What's the latest diet? How many hours of sleep? What's the newest exercise routine should I do? No, think about this as a package, as an ecosystem with sleep at the top of the mountain. For me, it's the most important thing we do, which is such a strange thing to say because when we're sleeping, we think we're wasting time. I mean, I grew up in the 1950s, okay? Now think about, I, I, I mean, when I was a kid, nutrition meant you had enough to eat. Exercise was something you did in gym and sleep was an annoyance so you didn't fall asleep in the middle of the afternoon. There was no understanding of anything. Now we know how important sleep, nutrition, and exercise are. That's the foundational intelligence, hence lifestyle intelligence, LQ. This to me is as important as anything we, we do think about, learn. If you think about it as a package deal, as an ecosystem, as you can't do one without the other because it doesn't work, right? What right. happens when you when you don't get enough sleep? What happens to your appetite? Oh, it messes with everything, yeah. You get hungry. And when do you eat? Probably late at night. What happens when you eat late at night? When your metabolism has slowed down? So not only do you eat these extra calories, you don't burn as many because everything is slowing down because your brain is saying, hello, 
we want to go to sleep. What are you doing? <laughs> I'm eating. I'm eating. What do you think? I'm, I'm eating. And I'm, I'm looking at my phone or my computer. Come on. It's the only time of the day when nobody's bugging me. So I'm not giving up my self-party time. That moment, that particular part of the day is probably the most destructive part for most people. Because they have opportunities to get away from the rest of the world and just play and do nothing. And of course, what happens when they do that? They lose sleep, overeat, and there you go. You know, people don't think, right? right? So these are the kinds of things that people need to be reminded of continually. We were born with a language. That language was called sensation. Does a young infant ever overeat? If you Once that child is full, it will push either the bottle or the breast away. Get it away from me. Does it have any problem falling asleep? No. <laughs> the first thoughts in our minds were sensations. Sensations and cognition were synonymous when we were infants. They were the same thing. Yet, as we get older, what happens? Well, we have a family, and the family has rules. And we learn the rules at the dinner table every night. And after a while, we learn what we're supposed to do, which is why when you watch little children grow, you see they choose the shape of one of their parents and model the shape. You see, oh, it must be genetics. No, it's not genetics. <laughs> it's modeling, which is kind of like a, a, a psychosocial DNA process where what you see turns into what you do. But it seems like it would be DNA because of the fact, well, it's you're the kid and those are the parents. Wow. Okay. So many awesome and amazing and really revolutionary ideas that you are bringing up. So we started talking about your HPP, the hypnoperipheral, uh, I forgot the processing. last P, processing. Thank you. Processing. Thank you. Just, just, yeah. HVP, keep it short. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. and that is the thing that you created where uh -huh. you used that uh, technique of being able to take two different uh, messages at the same time. And I, I checked out your website and I watched some of the videos and I know that it talks about you have to have uh, earphones so that one ear can be hearing one thing and one ear can be hearing the other. So you get these two stories at the same time. And then you utilize that to be able to help get that twilight space and uh -huh. extend it so that it can uh, be used to make those behavioral changes. And this, which to me is new because I hadn't heard of it before, to you, this is okay. like old hat. I've done this. This was so old. Now we're moving on to the new and improved. And so your next exciting creation is this lifestyle intelligence, this LQ. We, we've heard of IQ and we've heard of EQ, our emotional intelligence. And so now you've created this new... A way to explain and to kind of package things that we apparently we knew as soon as we were born, and then we very effectively unlearned it through uh, through growing up and through life. and And I loved when you said we started with a language, we came with a language. When I when I think of language, usually the first thing that comes to my mind is that that the verbal language. Of course. And then to say we started with one, 
and we recognized we knew how to sleep. We knew when to stop eating. We knew how to do these things. And it sounds very much like you're the, the basic triangle of our lifestyle intelligence is about eating and sleeping and moving our bodies. And so how, how did you come up with that basic triangle and and why is it so important that we understand that this is part of our intelligence? Well, going back to something that you said before about we have IQ and we have EQ. When I was first starting to do this, it was when I came across the emotional intelligence concept, which was generated from two psychologists, I think in 1990. Peter Salavoy and, and uh, John Mayo, not not the singer, but another <laughs> another guy. And I said to myself, "Wow, what an interesting concept!" Because up until then, there was all the information about what they were talking about was there, but nobody put it together in a way that gave it sizzle and pop, substance and power. Okay, we think about self concept. Emotional control, getting along with people, right? All of these kinds of things that are part of what our emotional, social, emotional life is, they were all structured individual things. Consequently, nobody paid any attention to them at all. These guys put it together under the umbrella emotional intelligence. And then Dan Goldman, who was a writer from the New York Times with a huge following, said, Wow, this is a great concept. I'm going to write a book. And in 1995, he had a bestseller. Hence, emotional intelligence was suddenly on the landscape. And I'm thinking, wow, what a great idea. And then the whole idea of using that model, but in terms of lifestyle behavior, made sense. Okay, look at the pieces and say, oh, this all fits together really nicely. But it goes beyond that. Think about this little ecosystem, eating, sleeping, moving. If you do it right, you're thinking more clearly, right? All the sleep things happen, right? Your body is the way it should be, right? Your energy level is really high. All of the things that you need to function optimally are now available to you. What does that mean? It means your emotional intelligence is going to be higher because all of your resources will be there. But if your LQ isn't in sync, if you're sleep deprived, you're going to be cranky. When you're cranky, that doesn't help your relationships. All the things that we need at the emotional intelligence level have that foundational base in lifestyle issues. Because if those aren't in place and taken care of, the emotional intelligence is not going to be there. Likewise, your intellect is not going to function well. So, so basically, you have two ecosystems. You have eating, sleeping, and moving, and then LQ, EQ, IQ. Those are part of the echo. That's an ecosystem. That's the main, that's everything. Everything put together. We are biological time machines where everything fits together and is timed together. And most of us don't appreciate how incredible our brains and bodies are. But everything is timed. And if you get in sync with the timing mechanisms, things really good happen. I mean, think about clocks. Our bodies, 34 and a half trillion cells. Every cell has a clock. Each of those clocks is tied to the master clock in the brain. The concept of timing really is everything suddenly 
takes on unbelievable dimensions. I've never even thought of that before. We are bi- we are biological time machines and have no appreciation for that. Right? Wow. Once you do, it's like, oh my goodness. And then the whole idea, I've got to get in sync with the timing makers and mechanisms of the brain. By the way, there was one thing that set this thing into motion for me more than any other bit of information. Because even though we have tons of useful information available, has that made any difference in terms of the way people live their life? No. no. Maybe. It depends if you apply it. Certain people, but we are eight years away from 2030, where presumably at that point, half the country is going to be obese. We're 43% now, it's going to be, which means that all of this stuff, right, hasn't been working. So this was 2019. I'm reading an article from from a neurology journal, neurological journal. It talked about what happens when we sleep. And this was something that I'd never read before. When we sleep, the spaces between our brain cells opens up. So you have all these little channels available. And then cerebrospinal fluid pours into our brain. And this is where it gets interesting. The brain goes into dishwasher mode and cleans itself. It gets rid of all the waste products from the day. Think about it. The brain burns more energy than any other organ in the body. So it has to get, has to get rid of the garbage. So it flushes it out. So think about what would happen if you don't get enough sleep consistently. You don't wash it's, your brain. It's, it's <laughs> we have dirty right? brains. What does I mean, a dirty we're, brain we're all, do? <laughs> we're all scared of heart disease and we're all scared of strokes <laughs> and cancer. But <laughs> nothing is more terrifying than dementia and Alzheimer's because that's exactly what will happen over time. Right. So the whole idea is, okay. So I thought that when I read this, this would be the kind of the bit of information that would have, that would immediately go viral. Everybody would be talking about cleaning your brain. Did that happen? No. No. So I said to myself, if this doesn't happen with this piece of information, you can't get people's attention about health. Right. You can't. So unless you do it differently, which is what I'm trying to do by, by showing up five, days a week for three minutes a day. And during that three minute time, I'm going to remind you of a bit of information you need to know about having to do with eating, sleeping, moving, and all the ancillary things that surround it. Primarily all the interesting things we do in our head to, um, talk ourselves out of or into doing things that we should or should not do. Because if there's one thing human beings do, and please excuse my language for the moment, but we're really great at bullshitting ourselves. And it's amazing how often we do that. My job in lifestyle intelligence is to remind you when this is about to happen, because I know, because I remember everything that I'm talking about here I didn't do correctly for decades. So I'm talking from a, a place of visceral knowledge. I did everything wrong and slowly figured out how to do things right. And by the way, it didn't come out of learning to be healthy and out of any kind of psychological. No, it came because 
a friend of mine who I hadn't seen in a while made a comment about my appearance. And I was from that moment on, I was humiliated and I had to do something. <laughs> it, was, it was that kind of moment, right? That you, you think, as a psychologist, it must have been much more profound than somebody telling me he gained weight. <laughs> no, that's what it was. I guess you're still human, even though you're in time, educated. I was a changed person, right? Yep. So yep, yep, are yep. what you discussing this three minutes a day? Is this your LQ app? Is that what we're discussing yes. now? Yes. Okay. Yeah. By the way, the HPP programs and the and the and the, the LQ structure, they're they're all together. Okay. It's all in the same app. They're all in the same app. Okay. The, so yeah, this, this, the LQ is the headline, and then the HPP programs are a secondary, but the library is available to you so you can use it whenever you want to. Okay. So all that all those audio programs are there as a secondary component to the material that you and I just talked about. The okay. lifestyle intelligence, three minutes a day, five days a week. So the three minutes a day, five days a week is on the app. And this is going to be a reminder. Is this a verbal reminder, kind of a, a teaching thing? Do I do it before I go to bed? Do I do it when I wake no, up? No, no, no. Does it matter it, what time I listen to it? Yeah, you, you, you have a choice which days you want to hear the three minute pieces and what times it'll be there on that day. And then whenever you want to listen, you can listen. Okay, okay, okay. I kept it at three minutes because I was looking at, I was listening to the amounts of time where things would sound like. Every three minutes doesn't sound like a lot of time, but at, for some people, pausing for three minutes in, in the course of a day, that's a big deal. So, but three, but three minutes is just long enough to introduce you to something. And I presented it in such a way that you'll get the idea how important all of this. Because for me, when I'm talking to you about this, I'm talking about singularly the most important issues in your life. Because if you don't have health, as everybody said, if you don't have your health, nothing, nothing good's going to happen. So this is about how do you systematically go about making changes in your life? I even program a little bit of failure into this thing because there's simply no way anybody starts doing something, doesn't have a moment of falling off the horse. It's impossible for that not to happen. Hence, if you understand that that's part of the process, three steps forward, a step back, so you don't think the step back means, oh my God, because you had mentioned uh, New Year's resolutions, yeah. right? Oh, oh, people get, they're all, they're all full of themselves, right? Middle, middle of December, I know I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to lose that weight this time. And then they start off and they're doing great. And then they'll start messing up. Instead of looking at that as an, a normal evolutionary moment, people say, oh, I'm screwing up. Oh, bleep it. I'm not going to do it anymore. Right? And that's what happened. No, if you look at it as normal, it's okay. The concept that to me is really useful in understanding this is a statistical concept called regression to the mean. That means things have the tendency to drift back to their average. So the most important thing when you think about lifestyle is what you do most of the time. All the time is impossible. You can't get it right every day. You can't not have a slip up where you eat something that you shouldn't do or you didn't, you didn't do your work. No, those are okay. If you understand that that's part of the process, you get back on the horse, you keep going. So most of the time, if you get it right, you're going to be able to feel better and create a new average, right? So if you were exercising once every two weeks 
and now your average is three times a week, that's a new average. I'm, I'm not using average to mean average meaning not an important. No, a different mean, different set of how much you typically do. What is your average now? That's what I go after. And I reinforce that over and over again so people can understand how the rhythms have changed. No straight lines in nature. That doesn't happen. So it's all about what you end up doing most of the time. I even tell people there are going to be times when, when you do something for a while, do I really want to continue doing this? I let you know that you're going to be feeling that. There are going to be moments you're going to say, ah, I don't want to do this anymore. That's normal, right? If I tell you it's normal, and you're feeling it, you say, oh, okay, let's see what's next then. Because that's only a momentary feeling. Because if you get through that moment and you get back and doing things the way you, you know what I mean? It's, you get to the point where there's a new rhythm. That's, that's what this is all about. Singularly, the most important thing is not getting there. It is staying there. Isn't How difficult is it when people lose a whole bunch of weight? And now the journey's over. Oh God, what do I do now? No. I have to go after it. There's nothing out there that I'm moving towards. That's when this kind of a model will help you understand that's normal. That little moment in time that gets scary. Okay, now, now you just keep the journey to each day. You shorten the frame. Okay, this is it. What do I do now? I keep doing what I'm doing day by day. Enough time passes, there's a new you. That's a big deal. Anyway, that in a nutshell, <laughs> Matt, that, was a big, that was a big show. <laughs> <laughs> there but, was a lot to unpack in there. So, and the, the LQ, this lifestyle quotient is going to help me to be motivated, not because as I'm learning in tiny little baby steps, I can do my tiny little baby steps to help me be able to manage my sleeping, my eating, and my movement. And those basic things are what keep us physically healthy. And that yeah. physical health really is foundational for, for all of our other performance because this is the instrument I got to work with. That's correct. So um, that, makes, that makes a lot of sense. And, so, and by the way, to going back to sometimes unusual things happen, all right? Uh, if you change your diet, it's a big deal. Because to my mind, the closest thing to diet, people's diets, is people's religions. You, you go home and you have ch everybody in your family is continuing to do what they normally do and you're not doing it anymore. The congregation is not happy with you. <laughs> I mean, I, I remember reading an article. It must have been a week ago, two weeks ago, where a woman who decided that she was, she came from a, a family where everybody was obese. And when she decided enough, I'm going to do this differently. And she lost a bunch of weight and was not eating with they. They were yelling at her, screaming mm. at her that she was betraying the family. I'm telling you, it, it gets that weird. <laughs> that, that is bizarre. When I stopped eating red meat and I was visiting my mom in Florida, this was obviously quite a ways ago, and uh, my mom asked me if uh, she could make me pot roast because I, I grew up eating pot roast. I 
27 times a week. So, and, and uh, <laughs> I said, uh, Mom, I, I don't eat, uh, I don't eat red meat anymore. Don't eat red meat anymore? I, she said, why? I said, my, I, I told you that 10 times already. She would not accept what I was telling her because that, that blew up what being a mom was. Like she couldn't oh. be that mom anymore. Okay. But, but I can't do that. I'm sorry, mom, but I can't do that anymore. Right. She was that upset. So I knew that one person. I said, wow. So this is, this is going to be unique. This is not, I'm sorry. It's not going to be unique. So, and if this is what happens when you make these changes and other people are not, they're not going to be happy. They're not going to be happy, but you're going to be healthy. And the healthier you are, the stronger you'll be. And the stronger you'll be, the happier you'll be. And off you go. So wow. these are, this is, this is, there's a lot going on in this, not just those three items. It's you in the world as you're navigating through doing, hopefully making better choices for yourself. Not, not easy, obviously, because no, if all no. of this was easy to do, you and I wouldn't be talking right now because Isn't it would be woven into the, the fabric of the culture. Because everyone would it's, already it's, know it. So can I ask, are there any like little tips you can give so that we can, I mean, if you can tell me get enough sleep, but are there any tips to help me get better sleep? Well, interestingly, all of these things are tied together. So keep keeping in mind the rhythms of, of sleep and when's the best time to go to sleep. So for most people, if you went to bed some, somewhere between 9.30 and 11 and get up somewhere around 6 o'clock, that's probably for most people, that would be the ideal place. Okay. But you've got to, you've got to get in your head that you're going to have to give up something, all the playtime in the evening. That's, that's really important because the sleep part of it is, is that drives the bus, right? Obviously, don't drink a lot of caffeine into the afternoon. Do, don't do those things. And, and, right. Those are the kinds of things. But once you get one piece in place, right, then you need most, most of us as adults need probably seven and a half hours is probably the average. If you can do that, right, then you're going to have the energy to work out. So then you have to figure out, okay, what kind of workouts am I going to do, right? When am I going to do that? Start programming your life. Start out, if you're not doing any workouts at all, try to figure out, begin with maybe two a week, just enough to get your body acclimated to, to movement, right? Now, all of these things, everybody knows, but the, but the way I will frame it, on these three minute pieces allows, allows this to kind of resonate inside of you. You got the headphones in, you're hearing my voice. So there's something about repetition, reinforcement, you testing the waters, doing a little bit here, doing a little bit there. So eventually something is happening. There's movement. That's, that's what we're looking for. Nice. And if you, if you start doing it and you start getting the feedback that you want, then okay, then we're, Things, and good things are going to happen. But the most important things that you do are obviously the things that are right in front of you, right? And uh, eating is not easy for people. I mean, you, as you, you watch what's on television. You watch those food commercials where, where you see fast food the size of a spare tire come at you while you're <laughs> watching. But really, they, they put it right up to the front of the screen. And you look at that and you go, oh, my God, when is my bypass surgery? You know what I mean? That's <laughs> I mean, seriously, 
But there it is. You think by now people would say, oh, God, how in the world could I possibly eat that? But what can I tell you? You know? You don't have to give up meat. You just have to be smart about what you go about. You have to eat less. And overall, the quality has to improve. Quantity, quality. I mean, I'm not again, I'm not telling people anything they don't already know. But the way this is going to be packaged allows, I think, for a person to get some leverage with themselves so they can do this. And the HPP programs are secondary components, both as a stress management tool, because they will make you more relaxed than anything you've ever experienced. Mm. You the, the relaxation response will, will be triggered automatically. There's something about it that once you drift off, poof, you're gone and all the stress. And then there's new thoughts, new feelings, new sensations, and new behaviors. So these, these two programs, these two three-minute segments and the longer form HPP programs complement each other perfectly. And, uh, that's pretty much the story. That is quite wonderful. I love the goal of just helping people become their best selves by focusing on the basics, things mm-hmm. that we should know, but we forget that they matter because they seem yeah. so commonplace. But our foundation I mean, yeah. is a foundation. It, it, it is important, even if it isn't, you know, glamorous or whatever. Yeah. Fatigue and hunger were the things we understood before we understood anything else, right? Fatigue and hunger. Uh, What else needs to be said, right? Appetite. The rhythm of appetite from hunger to satiation, right? We knew that. For years we knew that. Where did it go? It's still there. My job is to get you back in touch with you paying attention to those sensations. Fatigue and hunger, fullness. Those three. And everything will be fine. Wow. We have to learn some of those skills that came naturally when we were babies. Right. That's an interesting, just an interesting concept to realize that that's something that we need to go back to. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Glauberman, for, for just enlightening me. Is there anything else you want to make sure we cover before we close today? No, I, I think I think I've given people enough to think about, and uh, hopefully they will. Perfect. And can they find your app just on any app store? Or do, I, I'll give you your website. Through Apple, you, in the website, lifestyleintelligencelq.com. All, all one word, small letters, lifestyleintelligencelq.com. It goes right there. You click on it. There's a, there's a video of me talking about this, and then that can connect to the, uh, the app store. Excellent. Excellent. Well, thank you so much. This has been delightful. My pleasure. Hopefully we'll do it again sometime. In closing, I'd like to share a quote from the Mayo Clinic. They say that the purpose of hypnosis as a therapeutic technique is to help you understand and gain more control over your behavior, emotions, or physical well-being. See you next time on Linda's Corner. Thanks for listening. 
If you enjoyed this episode of Linda's Corner, please share and subscribe to help us reach new listeners. I also invite you to check out my nonprofit, Hope for Healing, at the website hopeforhealingfoundation.org for free ebooks and other free resources to help increase happiness, build confidence and self esteem, strengthen relationships, manage stress, and calm feelings of depression and anxiety. I also invite you to grab a copy of one of my books, like Crushed A Journey Through Depression, or Amazon bestseller You Got This, an action plan to calm fear, anxiety, worry, and stress. See you next time on Linda's Corner.